0: Hi friends, welcome to The Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. My guest for this episode is Amy Watson. Amy is an author and she owns her own business where she works with restaurants. Amy recently started a powerful podcast called Wednesdays with Watson, where she shares about the trauma that she endured and how Jesus is filling her with hope and bringing healing to her life. God has done amazing things in her life, and I am so excited for you to hear all about it. So here is my interview with Amy Watson. Amy, thanks so much for joining me today. I am so honored. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um... I, I think it's really cool how God brought us together it was just through a, a podcasting group and heard a little bit about your story. And then I binge listened to multiple, multiple episodes, but we'll get more into that in a minute. But I get to see your face right now. These other people get to just hear your voice, but I'm so excited that we get to chat.
1: I am too. And I, I, I am so appreciative of doing this. I know that, um, it's, it's an evening on a, on a, on a school night and you have children. So I appreciate, I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Well, I, it's, the honor is all over here. So um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe what you're up to these days?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, that question is always so loaded. Uh, (laughs) Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I am, my name is Amy Watson and um, I was asked this question a few years ago at a church that I was speaking at. And this was very, this was probably eight or nine years ago. And he said the same thing to me, tell us who you are. And normally I would have said, my name is Amy Watson. And I would have listed some accolades and some degrees and some things that I do. And, you know, things that identify us as as we grow up in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead what I said to him and what I will say to you is my name is Amy Watson. And I am the precious daughter of the most high God. And I want that to be my identity. And I don't want some of the parts of my story that you guys will hear today to overshadow that. Because I do believe that he continues to make all things new. Mm. Um, But these days to answer that question, I am trying to capture some lightning in a bottle um, in terms of some things that the Lord is doing um, and so, but I have, but, but the practical answer to your question is I am a long-term, a, a, really a career entrepreneur. Okay. I have owned my own business for 26 years. I, um, taught high school and college for two years. Um, and, um, I am in the middle of writing a memoir, which mm-hmm. includes my story of what I call ridiculous hope, faith, hope, and all of its cousins. Um, and, uh, I like that. you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just yeah. dishing out hope and uh, talking about the star of the story and, um, you know, like everybody else, living that Q life here in 2020.
0: Mm. Well, can you tell us how you came to know Jesus? You know, when you
1: sent me uh, the, the, the prep for this, I thought to myself, you know, I have not been asked this question in a long time. How did I get to come to know Jesus? And so in preparation for this interview, I, I obviously know how I came to know Jesus, but I wanted to talk a little bit about how he just comes to hunt us down when, uh, because he first loves us, and I was hunted down. I was a, a child being brought up in uh, the throes of, of the, the very bad neighborhood in, in Jacksonville, Florida. And, um, did not have parents for the most part. I mean, we, I had parents in my house, but, but they were not parental. Mm-hmm. And so we were always somewhere else. And, um, one time I was at a friend's house and, um, some people knocked on the door and we opened the door and there was a man and lady standing there with a bag of candy. And they said, we're brother Don and sister Mary Lou. Cause that's what we did in those days. Yeah. Um, some parts of the country still do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got candy. Do you want to go to church?
0: Wow. And, Different um, I, day and age, like,
1: right? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and so then the next day, first of all, they gave me the candy. I didn't worry about it, the candy. And, mm-hmm. and secondly, I got on that school bus the next day and and, and went to church and um, a lot of people in that church invested in me mm. um, and in my life, uh, what I will often refer to myself. I don't believe this, but as a throwaway kid mm-hmm. uh, whose parents didn't care uh, they did care. And yeah. so lots of Sunday afternoon naps and lunches and stuff like that. But I came to know the Lord um, because they came and knocked on our door. Um, and I had been uh, so abused by the time they got to me. Uh, my mom locked us in a room. Uh, we were My sister and I were both uh, in the care of two very well-known serial killers. Um, and oh, so the church, when I say that Jesus came, to hunt me down, and it, you know, most people would say that a story like mine, even what I just told you, there's mm-hmm. no way that I should be able to know and love a sovereign God. And mm-hmm. um, but He has seen fit, and He saw fit to come and hunt me down, and the and the and the throes of downtown Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's that's how I came to know Jesus, and that's why I'm here today, proclaiming Him and only Him alone.
0: Man, that's a- that's crazy right there. That's some wild stuff. Um, but, <laughs> but how awesome of God to use these um, people who are just, they're just going out and doing a really simple act of love. And um, it kind of set this ball rolling. And obviously, yes. um, you know, throughout your life, there was a lot of hard times and God was drawing you back to himself. But um, just this, to know that this, was all set in motion originally by just two humble servants that are just. Yeah. Yeah. We just want to go out and serve. We want to love people and we want to bring them in. And I don't know. I mean, there, there's, I had a family when I was, when I I was in college and I had, you know, a a wonderful family back home, but I was far away and they, I moved away where I didn't know a soul, which is what I wanted. I wanted to try something new, venture out on my own, But I, um, this family, like, sought me out from my my church. The mom just brought me in and was like, hey, on Sundays, Sunday afternoons, I want you to come over our house after church. I want you to have lunch, hang around for a while. And then it became, we want you to come stay the night on Saturday nights, and then you can go to church with us Sunday morning. And it's just, I I wasn't, like— Away from the Lord or anything, but it was just evidence of His nearness. Just there's something Amen. about people opening their home to you that is makes you feel like family. It makes you feel the love of Christ, and just to experience that—that's that's beautiful. I I hope that yes, that is something I can pay forward.
1: One hundred percent, and yeah. I think we do. Yeah. You know, I think we do, and we don't even know that we do. We yeah. are His hands. We are His feet. Yeah, you know, doing things like this you know, on a, like I said, on, you know, at at seven thirty, eight thirty at night on a school night, yeah. you know, this is, this is the gospel. This is doing that. This is knocking on doors with candy.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, I like that. So, yeah. um, you recently started a podcast called Wednesdays with Watson. Tell me about what inspired this.
1: Oh my goodness, Stephanie. So, you know, back when I, that same church that I just told you about used to take us on uh, youth trips. And Mm -hmm. we went to this college that is no longer open one time for for a Bible quiz team called, it was uh, Tennessee Temple University. Mm -hmm. And I was about 12 years old and part of winning prizes was memorizing scripture. And we memorized the entire book of James and by the way, won that whole thing. Wow! But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in doing that, um, I remember memorizing Isaiah uh, chapter six, verse eight, where, I, where, where the Lord says, who will I send and who will go for me? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Mm-hmm. And at 12 years old, I, I did that. Um, now my life went on a detour based on the decisions of other people and some of my own And I ended up completely in a, you know, I really wanted to be in vocational ministry. I ended up as an entrepreneur. Um, I made that okay. um, And it is okay. I still do it to this day. We still help people find jobs. Um, But I knew up until March 17th, 2020, that I needed to be doing something else. Mm -hmm. I thought writing my book was that. um, And it is part of it. But I had, I hit a wall. And so on March 13th, I was in Dallas, Texas on a business trip, getting ready to invest in another business. And we were just watching the news and just watching things shut down systematically across the country. Mm -hmm. Well, my business is recruiting restaurant managers. And so you can imagine why I knew that we were going to be severely impacted. Well, to make a long story short, we were shut down Mm -hmm. um, for a long time. And I remembered that verse and that question of the Lord. Who will I send and who will go for us? And so then I said, send me. And so I literally logged on to Amazon and bought a microphone before the rest of the world did <laughs> and, um, and realized very quickly that I should have carpet in my house to not have an echo, climbed in my closet, stood, you know, climbed in a guest closet and uh, pillows above me and uh, everything so it wouldn't echo because the sound had to be perfect uh-huh. and uh, started talking and, um, knew that that was me answering that 12 year old call. Here am I send me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a survivor of 35 years of trauma. Um, really probably more than that. Um, but I ended up during, during the, the, the quarantine had to let go of every single one of the people that worked for me, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the hardest days of my life. And so there's been so much healing in that closet and recording that podcast. Mine is a storytelling podcast. It tells of the star of the story, that same Jesus that hunted me down and found me, Mm -hmm. continues to help me and he is healing me. And so the inspiration for the podcast was to help other people. And I think that's happening. But what really has happened is more healing Mm -hmm. on my part, giving respect to that pain in that closet behind that mic um, with a voice that can't hide emotion has been powerful for me in terms of healing, and so the podcast has felt very obedient. Yeah. Um, and the inspiration was that twelve-year-old kid
0: that said, "Send me." Mm. I think it's it's really it's really good for those that are listening. And if Thank you haven't, you. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, you should. Wednesdays with Watson. It's to me, it has a different feel. I listen to a fair amount of podcasts, but I. I deep dive a lot with podcasts. Like I stick with them and I stay consistent. Um, yeah, that's kind of my thing. And it's but this is something. I, it's a new format for me. It's very. It feels very um, storytelling memoir, um, which makes sense since you're writing that. And I think it it right. gives us a really unique insight to the experience and your word choice. Like I am. I am not a writer. Um, I. <laughs> I I like speaking to people. I like, you know, having conversations, but the I think your your word choice that you use is very powerful. It doesn't feel it's powerful without feeling stuffy, like it it doesn't feel like you're you're reading a book. It but it you can tell, I could tell you were an author very early on <laughs> just by the well, style well, of speak- it.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, I think there's so much power to words. Yeah. and um and we're all gifted differently and um and I've always loved words even since I was just a little kid I was writing stories um and so um but I really believe that when I climb into that closet after having typed stuff on my you know, on my laptop the words aren't mine sometimes I listen to them and I'm like who was that you yeah know? and so so I'm grateful for him going uh and in, in before me but um but it is a storytelling podcast. It is authentic. It is raw. It is real. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't hold back. Um, I am honest. Uh, Some of some of the stuff that I talk about on there, um, they can't see us, but I can't even look you in the eye when I talk about it, but, um, is some, some, some side effects of, of, of the trauma that aren't that I'm not proud of, Mm -hmm. but is important enough again. in that Isaiah six, eight answering send me that people need to hear, and so my, my hope for the podcast is that they hear the, that authenticity in my, that, that is in my heart come out of my voice, and I don't try to hide the emotion. And so I think that's what's been well-received um, by the audience. Um, and so um, it's, it's been a really neat experience, and the Lord continues to even heal my heart through it and stop the writer's block. Because the other inspiration for the podcast was I was in a fetal position on my couch after my business shut down, watching the news hoping for whatever money they were going to give us mm-hmm. and, um, and, but, and I, so I couldn't write. And mm-hmm. so a lot of what you're hearing on the podcast is probably would end up on a keyboard somewhere and a book somewhere, but it's, but, in, but instead I'm audibly using my voice, which is giving it some power for sure.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I think that the, st- the storytelling aspect of it is it, it gets you hooked. Um, it mm-hmm. it's very um you know you like you like to leave with a cliffhanger and I think that's that's really that's really awesome so um and I we were talking before we started recording about how it's weird to kind of like bare your soul to folks that you know you know it's important yes. for them and you know that it's it's you know bringing healing but uh, that uh, does that you know, the gravity of that, how does that sit, sit on you? The thought of
1: it's so it? interesting that, yeah, it's so interesting that you ask me that question because my podcast drops on Wednesdays, um, hence the Wednesdays, every mm-hmm. other Wednesday yeah. and Tuesday, Tuesday night, I might, I may as well just plan on not sleeping mm. because the gravity of the subject matter and the gravity of the story and the gravity of the responsibility absolutely weighs heavily on me Mm -hmm. and people reaching out. I'm a survivor of domestic violence, you know, so lots of domestic violence survivors, lots of survivors of childhood, sexual, physical trauma, because I've been through a lot of that stuff. And so it is a responsibility because I think of what it would have been like for me in those dark days to find something like this, um, or even something like your podcast, it would have brought Mm -hmm. such hope to my heart. But I didn't know those things existed. And so I went looking for a Christian perspective of PTSD and I found one podcast. Mm. And so and so that's why I was like, wow, this is something that we can do. But then I certainly understood the gravity of it, especially because of the I'm, we're not talking about, you know, dogs and rainbows and butterflies and my favorite music, <laughs> right. you know this is, this is serious stuff and a serious responsibility that board that bears serious responsibility, even in media with people with me, Mm -hmm. I have to be able to look at it and go, that's above my pay grade, go get help, you know? Yeah. And so the gravity is there, the gravity is there, but I firmly believe, um, and that verse in first Thessalonians five that says faithful is he who calls you, who will also do it. Mm. And so I really believe that when we get behind these mics, um, and we prayed before this, this, this recording, when we get behind these mics that the Holy Spirit goes before us and is in that place. And so my prayer is that, yes, it's a heavy, it's a heavy responsibility, but we have a big God who, uh, has given, given us the ability to do what he calls us to do. And mm-hmm. so while it is difficult, um, it is so worth it huh. because these people, these people matter, yeah. every one of these people matter and they don't know that they matter. hmm this world is beating them up and they don't know they matter. You don't have to have had trauma to need to know that you matter. Amen. And yeah. one of the things I should have started out with is please no one compare the pain, compare the stories. My God didn't give you my story and he didn't give me yours. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will hear this story and they'll be like, well, my life wasn't that bad. So I need to suck it up, buttercup, and move on. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. You yeah. need to process your pain. like. Like you need to. yeah, and so that really that that's one of the things that weighs heavily on me is that I know the story can get bigger than the message. and and we can't have that because Jesus is the star of the story. And yes. so that that's one of the things that for people listening um, that that could pray for for not only me, but for all podcasters that are trying to podcast with a purpose mm-hmm. um, that uh, we we have an enemy who doesn't want that purpose to be revealed. And, um, and so that, that, those things are very real. And even to this day has been a difficult day from that perspective. And so Mm. it's important stuff.
0: So for those that don't know, can you explain what PTSD is and maybe some possible causes?
1: Yeah, sure can. Um, so I started the season one as PTSD, Jesus, and Me. As it turns out, the Lord is just going to kind of park us on PTSD, uh, probably for the life of the podcast. Yeah. But PTSD, and, I like and that some... title, by
0: the way. I know that was very Thank clever. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And the Wednesdays, with, the Wednesdays with Watson is the overarching, mm-hmm. uh, and, and whoever Googles that will find it. But um, and because I'm a writer and I like an alliteration, yeah. uh, we, have, you know, we have all kind of alliterations going <laughs> on. But, um, but post-traumatic stress disorder, which is what PTSD stands for, some medical professionals, and as a matter of fact, I just read an article today in Forbes magazine, want to drop the D off of it and call it post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. because it really isn't a disorder. PTSD or PTS, or like I have, complex PTSD, is basically trauma damage to the brain. And uh, our bodies, the way our intelligent designer has designed us, has designed us to basically, the best example I've ever heard is a patient with PTSD. And you can get PTSD by being in a near-death experience, by watching a near-death experience, by being in a car accident by, um, there's a there, medical PTSD is a real thing. Cancer mm-hmm. patients who go through, um, chemotherapy, um, you know, obviously, uh, abuse victims, domestic violence, child abuse, abandonment. Um, but essentially if you have ever experienced on a very visceral level and th- that visceral level is different for everyone, some people can see a car accident and have PTSD, or, and, 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 and have to address it. Other people can just be in a car accident and not have it at all. Mm-hmm. And so we don't understand the science and I have a degree in biology and we could spend hours of talking about this, mm-hmm. but what the listeners need to understand is that it's a physio, it's a physiological issue, right? And so there's such a stigma on mental health that there's two glands in our brains, the amygdala and the hippocampus who's Whole job is to keep us alive. Mm -hmm. And so if you think of a cheetah, like the fastest animal on the planet is a cheetah. And so a a PTSD patient in in our worst time period is like this cheetah, which just runs fight or flight. And those glands in our brain tell us to dump adrenaline, dump everything we need to do and run to survive. Well, the cheetah is the fastest animal on the planet until it isn't. Because it can only run that fast for that long. And the other thing is the cheetah can't do when it's running is rest and digest and just do life. And so patients with PTSD often are debilitated by things like flashbacks, which are basically remembrances of the, of the traumatic episode and not being able to say that was then, this is now. Having very physical responses to trauma. And so for me, dark rooms do it because that's where some of my trauma happened. Anytime I see a gun, that would do it because that's where some of my trauma happened. And so, but the good news is, is there's such hope in in treatments for PTSD, whether they be medicinal um, or in counseling, which both of those things have been part of my story. But essentially my real concern, Stephanie, is that coming out of 2020, we have only just begun to see this, the spoils of war, if you will, of this pandemic, mm-hmm. because so many people are going to be suffering from either proper PTSD or anxiety, depression, all of those things, because right. we are in unprecedented times. And so I want the listeners to understand that if you just do a simple Google search on what PTSD is, there's a little quiz there that you can take. Mm-hmm. And it's real important to know, because when I knew then I then I had an uh, the enemy that I could fight, mm-hmm. and so um, and so that's in short what PTSD is. It can get very scientific, but it is essentially classified as a mental uh, a mental um, illness, a mental disorder, if you will. But really, most people that get PTSD, any normal person would have those 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 struggles after having survived whatever trauma or event. Uh, medical PTSD is very real right now. Um, And that's a very new and on the scene and kind of some exciting um, research going into that. That People that have been very ill, parents who have had children who have been very ill, parents who have had premature children who spent weeks and months in the NICU, all of these things can bring on PTSD. It doesn't need to be um, trauma like I have, Mm. abuse and, 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 and things like that. Some pretty normal stuff that happened in everyday life. Uh, can bring this to anybody. And that's really important for us to all understand.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. That's, um, I think there's, I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher now, but my background is in nursing. And we, you know, we study a lot about um, different men- mental illnesses or different conditions that people might deal with. And I think PTSD, it, I don't even know when it first started becoming like a thing we yeah. were aware of. I'm I'm guessing I feel like it would have been like after you Vietnam know, or something like that.
1: Yeah, it was it was one of the wars, definitely Vietnam for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure when. The, I I, I want to say it was one of the World Wars oh, when okay. they actually called it shell shock.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: then and then the Vietnam era, I think, is when they gave it this yeah. name. Um, but yeah, when you hear shell shock, when the men came back shell shocked and okay. just kind of dazed and confused, we think that what they were identifying even that early was PTSD, but it wasn't until vietnam which was provided you know millions of significant opportunities for ptsd to to Mm -hmm. raise its ugly head and they weren't supported when they came back and so i do believe that it kind of came on the scene in terms of we were talking about it all the time about that time
0: for sure oh man yeah but how exciting for folks that um are dealing with it now that there is so much more available and that it's so much yes it's still not easy to talk about but it's so much more um accepted I guess it feels like it's it's becoming more and more well just mental illnesses are um, different conditions that you might you know go to counseling for or you might go to a medical professional for are becoming much more um, yeah talked about and so I think that's that's really hopeful and really really encouraging for folks that are dealing with that and like you said everybody's trauma is different and everybody's um way that they've coped with that is different but um i hope that folks listen to your story and that they are um encouraged by that and i'm sure they will be um one of the things you taught you just mentioned it and you talk about it throughout your podcast is that jesus um you talk about jesus being the star of your story can you explain what you mean by that
1: Yeah, you know, that was really kind of an off the cuff thing that I did that is stuck. Um, Mm -hmm. It it tends to be the thing that I get asked the most, like, tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been thinking about it a lot, but he is the, you know, I think of that little 10 year old kid that opened the door to get that candy and everything and every gap that he sent people to stand in from that time until now. And I don't know how I can't highlight him. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of a way to answer this question that would kind of everyone of every age would understand, Um, but I couldn't come up with a good example. But it would be a little bit like um, you know telling the you know telling the the, a story of with the greatest you know actually what actually came to my mind, which is really the same question Mm is is Aslan. And the Chronicles of Narnia, right? Um, but I, I just that question is 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 a good one because I cannot be here without him. I would not be alive without him. Without his, he, you know, we are promised in Revelation, I believe it's chapter twenty-one. Don't quote me on that. That we are promised that all things will become new, and that yeah. is because the star of my story and yours and to our listeners died on a cross so that we could have access to him Mm -hmm. and we could have access to his mercy and to his grace. And we were left the Holy spirit for our comfort. Um, but there's no way to tell this story. This trying to tell the story without the star of the story would be like trying to tell top gun without Maverick. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And so, Mm um, I, I, and here's the thing for people listening and people that may go listen to my podcast is I don't understand him. Mm. Um, I, a lot of people come to me and say, how can you call him the star of your story when the stories you're telling are atrocious? If he's God, why, if he's the star of your story, why do those things happen? Mm -hmm. And I always look at them and say, I can't answer that question for you. Um, I do have questions and usually I'm, I'm talking to people who don't believe in God. I do have questions and you have questions too. But as my pastor says, I like my questions better than yours. Mm. Because at night, I lay my head down on the sovereignty of God. I can't wrap my head around why he does what he does or why he allows what he allows. But I know that he walks us through it. And I'm sitting here talking to you tonight because of him. And so to leave him out of it and to not highlight him would be, would be so irresponsible. And one day I would stand before him and answer for that. But he absolutely is the star of my story. And it is my honor to highlight him for sure. Because he is healing me, he hunted me down. He is helping me, and he is healing me. And that's this and guess what, guys? He's your Jesus too. yeah, He's your star too.
0: Mm. praise God for that. um another recurring theme that we see a lot in your podcast is you mentioned. It seems like every episode it comes up, the three c's of church, community, and trauma informed counseling. Um, can you speak to why these were so important as you struggled? Uh, maybe with finding your value after leaving your now ex husband.
1: Yes, absolutely. So after leaving my now ex husband, um, every time in my life that was a, was was a significant time of, the, of 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 my the start of the story coming and hunting me down, helping me and healing me happened because I darkened the door of a church. Mm. So when I was ten years old, and then again um, when when I. Um, Right before I left my domestic violence marriage, I thought, well, maybe I should go to church, maybe that'll be helpful. God and I had been on about a ten year hiatus mm-hmm. and I went to church, and those people became my community, which is the other C and they mm-hmm. they huddled together, and they are the reason that church and that community is the reason why i I was able to get out of that violent situation and able to move on. I then moved one hundred and twenty miles from from my ex-husband to get away from him and um was really suffering from from what you do suffer from when you just get divorced period much less when you flee when, when you flee when you flee a domestic violence marriage um and so I was in that I was in my new town for about two weeks before I landed at another church mm. and sat in the back by myself and the next Wednesday because you know the way I was brought up we were at church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and nice. Thursday we did something and Saturday we did something <laughs> and so I knew A that this dinner. would have something <laughs> yeah that's right potluck dinner soul winning yeah. youth group I mean, they, you know mm-hmm. they, they kept us out of trouble um, but um, and so I knew church was uh, you know church had always been re- really important and it, and it brought that, that community to me, but more, and, and it highlighted the star of the story too. Right. And so they did community with me. It's the only place that I've ever found life. Uh, three different times that I can tell you the time when I was 10, the time, um, you know, when I got right before I left him and the time when I did leave him, um, I went back to church and those three churches loved me back to life. And as a matter of fact, at the end of September, I will be speaking at, one, at, at the church in Clearwater on PTSD. Wow. Um, and so um, there's just there's no way to do this life without the three C's. Um, you know, a lot of people listening will say, well, I don't have a community or I don't have a church. And or, or maybe I don't even believe in the star of your story. I still say to you that your community is the only way to get you um, anywhere near healing, period. You cannot do it by yourself. You think you can do it by yourself, but you can't do it by yourself. So if you don't go to church, get into a community, find a friend, find somebody that you can talk to, not about this necessarily, but somebody that will keep you accountable because you are probably got some other things that you need to be accountable for. I always say, make sure your community looks a lot like accountability. Mm. And then as far as the trauma-informed counseling, I understand the financial difficulty in that. I also understand the stigma in counseling, mm-hmm. especially unfortunately in the church, and that makes me really sad. Mm-hmm. I think the church has done a better job with it, um, but I think that we need to, you know, a lot of a lot of churches do have counseling as part of their their ministry. A lot of times, it's free. Um, if you would like to have anyone, any of your listeners who are like, you know, what I'm serious about this, I would like counseling. I have a couple friends that do some pro bono stuff, but oh. counseling for me was the was the game changer. Mm-hmm. Now my my counselor is not pro bono, but <laughs> uh, but counseling was the game changer mm-hmm. because I was safe there, and we and, and I was willing to use some cutting edge treatments that also were shrouded in the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord. And again, mm. inviting the star of the story in there. And because of that, a lot of my PTSD has literally been healed. Mm. And the reason why I can say that is because I had an MRI on my brain for an unrelated reason. I had nine lesions on my brain mm. and they were like, that's just stuff that happens as you get older. And I, and I thought to myself, I know exactly what it is because I know that trauma physically damages the brain. And, um, I asked them if they said, we need to repeat the MRI in six months. And six months later, five of them had disappeared from counseling. And so what I would say to you is for those of you who don't believe in the star of the story, find yourself a community, Mm -hmm. Uh, for those of you who know the star of the story, um, is your only hope get in church. If you're not in church and, um, and look into counseling in any way you can, uh, you know, I don't know a lot. I, I have, I do know somebody that would probably provide some pro bono, um, mm-hmm. but it would not be a lot, but counseling is important. Yeah. Even if it's just your, even if it's somebody that you really trust, like your pastor's wife or, and I'm speaking primarily to women, cause let's be real. That's probably who's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, your pastor's wife or your, pa- if you're a male, your pastor, um, your youth pastor, um, or your youth pastor's wife or somebody you trust. Mm -hmm. that, um, that, that can serve in that form of counseling. So you're not keeping it all inside because that's just going to cause damage down
0: the road. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, um, I mean, counselors, I, I love counseling. I, we, you know, at various points, I don't think I went really as a kid. I don't remember ever needing, uh, needing counseling or knowing much about it as a child, but as an adult, I married into a family that was you know, there's counselors, there's psychiatrists, there's, my husband has a degree in Christianity and psychology. Counseling was super important. And I, um, and I always, you know, tell people how important it is. And I know it's, it's a financial burden in a lot of ways. And I, I get that. And like you said, there yeah. are people you can seek out. Some people do like a sliding scale. Some folks right. do, uh, yeah, some pro bono work. And, um, you know, churches are a part of that. But
1: And I would encourage you know, and, and we'll, we'll, I'm embarrassingly, as Annie Downs says, I'm embarrassingly easy to find on social media. Um, but yeah, have, have, have folks reach out to me and I will do what I can. Um, but it is, it it is counseling is so important. Uh Um, I am still in counseling every, every other week. Uh Um, and it is the only reason, not the only reason, obviously the star of the story is, is the reason why I'm here, but, um, I am living in health and, in, and growing and continuing to heal because of these three C's and just spoiler alert. You'll hear them on every episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is the uh, every other week counseling in correlation with your podcast? Is that, <laughs> that's so
1: funny that you had asked that. I feel like I have met my people. Uh, yes, it, abso- it absolutely is because I sent him the raw file um, the day of my counseling session mm. And I do that for a couple of reasons. I first make sure that it's not heresy and that I'm not wrong on the science of it. But then I also want him to hear, hear what's coming out. And boy, has there been some healing Mm. from talking in that closet behind that mic
0: for sure. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, That's awesome. I'm, I'm so thankful. We have a really awesome counselor that um, basically everybody in my family has seen at some point, just a wonderful, wonderful man. And, Um, I think about like just all that we've been through with him and he's, he's a good friend of ours too. And so that's another, another layer, but he's just like this vault that you can chat about. And I, God bless the counselors that, that are willing to go into that deep stuff and still love you (laughs) afterward. (laughs) It's so
1: true. It's so true. It's so hard. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how they do it all day, every day. I'm an empath, you know, solid number two, solid number two on the Enneagram scale. Mm -hmm. Or whatever the thing is called, yeah. and um, I have to be careful because I will take on the world's problems, or at least think I can.
0: Oh, and yeah. so, having
1: that outlet is so important. I mm-hmm. think it's important important if you've never had a single shred of trauma in your life. I think mm-hmm. it's important to have somewhere safe to talk to.
0: Yeah. Um. So, Amy, what helps you to remain faithful in the hard times?
1: Oh yeah, this question. This question sent me to my knees because mm-hmm. it. There have been hard times especially when the face of logic is is coming to us and saying, how do you believe in a God that would put you through that or that would allow that? And And so I did have a time when I had a crisis of faith and one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's, I I believe it's in all four gospels. It's certainly in the gospel of John, but it is about the story when John the Baptist was in prison on the Island Mm -hmm. and Jesus was in ministry with his 12 buddies. Mm -hmm. And every now and then one of his buddies would go pay John the Baptist a visit in prison and John the Baptist was kind of getting upset because he was hearing about all the the miracles that Jesus is performing and he's sitting in prison mm-hmm. and he, and, and, he, and, the, and so John the Baptist says to the disciples, well, can you give him a message for me, please? Sure, John, we can do that. Is he the, is he coming or do I need to look for somebody else? Mm. And I've had many of those moments in my life. And the reason why I can remain faithful to Jesus in the hard times, although that is definitely up for debate whether I've remained faithful. But the reason why today I can still proclaim him this as a star of my story is because he is the star of the story. Mm-hmm. He has been faithful to me. Um, but in my own John the Baptist Crisis of Faith moment, he made himself abundantly clear to me. And I am grateful that he has decided to Leave some of the pain, mm. and to not heal some of the PTSD stuff, because without it, I wouldn't have any power in my affliction. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. It, it, it's it's a, another story in the Bible, beautiful story of the pools at Bethesda, where people would lay near the, the stairs for years, sometime to be healed, waiting mm-hmm. for the angel to come stir the waters, and they would get discouraged and give up. You know, give up when he didn't come. And I I've had those times. I had that day. I had that day today, where it's like, for real, seriously. And Mm -hmm. so, but the, but again, I go back to those conversations I have with people who don't believe in the star of the story and will go so far as to tell me they're agnostic or atheist. And I will say, I still have questions. One of my questions when I get to heaven, not right at first, but will be, can you let me in a little bit on your higher ways? That passage in Isaiah 55 that says your, your, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. We can't comprehend them. Mm -hmm. And so how do I still believe in the star of the story with a story like mine is because my brain is finite. My God is not.
0: Mm. That's awesome. I think, um, I mean, you're already seeing, and you've said this before, but you're seeing so much of what good has come from these terrible things and helping others that, that don't know, that don't know Jesus. To hear yes. um, of his faithfulness in that, and um, I can, I can only imagine when you are, feel the way that you have described in the podcast of just you know feeling so low and feeling so worthless and you know um, un- unloved. And we've all had moments where they felt like that. But I mean, when you're dealing with some, some of the stuff you've been through and the way that you had to kind of sit in that for such a long time, um, how good. It must hear on the receiving end to hear someone gets it and they say I have value. And not because I don't have value because they say I have value. I have value because it's true. I have value. Yeah, because it's from God. And um and yeah, I mean, just these small simple words sometimes bring so much healing and they bring so much hope. And um yes. I mean yeah. words
1: are so pa- words are so powerful. And somebody told me one time I was worth fighting for, mm. and so I, I love that. so I started fi- so I started fighting too. And um, and people do matter, and, um, and and they're so loved and so cherished, and 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 that's what I want people to know. Mm. There is part of this parts of my story that I'll always keep close to my heart, and I will respect that pain, and that'll be a, a sweet commune between Jesus and me. But a good majority of my story is out there, and will be out there for the world I spent 2 hours on Sunday giving my full testimony mm. and I had not I had not done that in a while and I slept all day yesterday because uh-huh. just the it's the, Jesus has decided to still leave it very close to my heart I'm not living in that pain there's no one not putting their hands to the plow and not looking back now I'm not living in the past but he's left that pain so that I can do things like this yeah. so I can do things like the podcast so I can do things like my book which I don't care if I ever and my my family kills me when they hear me say this. I don't care if I ever make a dime off of any of it because I want people to know that they matter
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: they're valuable.
0: Yeah. No matter
1: what, no matter
0: what. Yeah, that's, um, that's awesome. So how do you feel like um, dealing with complex PTSD has changed your view of God?
1: I um, have often said... And this is going to sound weird at first, but I feel sorry for people who have not known significant suffering in their lives, because it does. Because there's something very, very well, let, and that is nobody right now, because 2020 sent us all looking for something bigger than us, right? Mm-hmm. But, but my story and my pain and my and everything I tried to do to take care of that pain myself and all of that, um, only one constant. The promise to never leave or forsake me. But it has highlighted this beautiful ability, this beautiful opportunity for me to know Jesus on a level that I would not know him had I not been through some of this stuff. And so it's. It's kind of like you know, if you were to have a parent or something that were really sick and you went to go stay with them for a long time mm-hmm. so that you could take care of them and but and 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 then doing that, you got to know them so intimately under a really bad circumstance. yeah, like you're spending so much time with them because you have to. You mm-hmm. have to be there to help with the chemo treatments or the this or the that. And suddenly, you become really well acquainted with that person and the love, the depth of the mm-hmm. love there is is something that cannot be measured. And that's how I feel about Jesus is that there's been, he has allowed the suffering in my life for whatever reason. Um, what it has accomplished is is that it is, I know him intimately, like I would not have had the opportunity to know before. And so I think that it it pushes me to love him and to know him more because I do. We've spent we've been in the ring a lot going to the mat on some boxing matches and, 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 and so, and he always wins spoiler alert. He always <laughs> wins.
0: <laughs> so for folks that are, um, that lists that are listening, that may feel like, um, this is something that either they or maybe a family member, um, is, has been dealing with. Um, do you have anything you want, would want to say to them?
1: Yes, I do. Um, you know, a couple things, and this is not a go listen to my podcast. This is, I, there are set the, the you matter series on the Wednesdays with Watson, um, features my sister. She's not really my sister. Her family adopted me when I left my uh, husband, mm-hmm. but she, but she, but she is really my sister. Right. She's on the podcast and she talks about walking with somebody with PTSD mm. and what we did that for people like us that mm-hmm. um, are walking together. But what we found was that her explanation of some of these things helped people know, huh, I might need to call somebody or I might yeah. need to check this out and see if I've got some help. And so I think that um, that if you're here, here's what I said on uh, to somebody that I was talking to the other day. If we are asking any version of that question, you just asked me, something's wrong, mm. right? Something's making you ask that question. Something's bothering you. Something is it's anxiety, it's depression. It could be any number of things. It could be physical. Yeah. So if you're asking questions like, do I have PTSD or does a family member have PTSD? Keep unpacking that because you'll find it. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of resources out there on, on PTSD saying, um, and I will be, uh, and this is really probably the most communication I've gotten from my listeners is asked, asking me if I would do a podcast on the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so that will be coming in September and we will cover everything from essential workers to uh, like target workers to healthcare workers, um, where their, their take on it. Mm -hmm. And so listeners out there wondering whether or not, is this something I need to address? My answer to you is yes, whether it's PTSD or something else you're hurting, you need to address it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, don't, Like, like me, don't think because you have Google and WebMD that you can, you can diagnose yourself. Uh, But if, but if something's making us ask that question or something's making people ask us that question, I think we need to keep unpacking it. And, um, and, and certainly if there's been traumatic events or near death experiences and stuff like that is likely, but I think that this year, just the anxiety of this year alone and the loss of this year and all of those things, I think PTSD will be an epidemic in Mm -hmm. this country. Yeah. A year from today, I really do. Yeah. And that's sad to me.
0: Well, I, I mean, I shared this with you, but in, um, in listening to this podcast, uh, somebody very near and dear to me came to mind that this is something mm-hmm. that they were probably dealing with. And it makes sense. They've been through hard stuff um, that most of us can't can't imagine, but some of the physical symptoms of it. And, they've, and then the analogy of the cheetah, I kind of mentioned it to this person just to sort of get a feel for things. And, you know, you described a lot of being like emotionally shut off. And I would say that yes. describes um, this this friend um, very well. Great person. But, yes, you don't see tears even in the sad times.
1: Yeah. And I tell you, I couldn't cry for a long time. I yeah. couldn't cry for a long time. Now I cry at commercials.
0: Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of hope there and understanding it. And, um, and I hope that this doesn't come across as, a, you know, in a harsh way. But, like, I could see how being close to somebody with PTSD could be very draining. Um, yes. Any, any kind of mental illness. You know, you're walking beside them as they're trying to figure out what's going on inside of me. And um, I think it's helpful to understand what they're going through so that you don't just see what's physically, what's happening to you and how it's affecting you. You start to understand it and understand it through their eyes. So I, I think that
1: it, it is, it is draining and I'm so grateful. And, you know, going back to that community, I would not be talking to you without people that walked with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I, I've, I've heard it used as an analogy of, and I, and I said this on one of the podcasts of if you're hiking, two of you are hiking and you both have backpacks, one of you is struggling and so you carry their rocks for a little while, just a little while Mm -hmm. until you can help them either get help to carry their rocks and some, like a counselor or a doctor. Um, but just doing life is absolutely. And, and like the people that do life with me, Mm -hmm. it's as simple as I can, there's some books that they pre-read for me to make sure they're not triggering movies, Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. They just do life with me. It's hard. It's not easy. We are not easy to love because like you said, closed off. Absolutely. Yeah, at least when we're not healthy,
0: yeah, for sure. But so worth it when you see healing and something that is is near to you, and you see them start to experience feelings again. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Not yeah. be a zombie. Yeah. What advice would you give to um, Christians who are trying to support their friends and family? Just, I mean, you mentioned a lot of things. Do You have anything else, and that you might want to add?
1: I I think you got to check, continue to just check in, do life with them. Um, My sister who I referenced just did life with me. We went to basketball games and football games and ate out and went on vacations and all of that. And she was, you know, the people that walked with me and the people that are walking with me now, they don't force the issue. They just do life with me. And in doing life with me, they earned a place in my heart. They earned the right. And I will say that when you go through this much trauma, not everyone earns the right to do life with you. And that might sound really harsh and I don't mean it to, Mm -hmm. but, but the people that do the time, like you said, um, are the ones that earn the right to see what you're looking at. uh, You know, uh, and even today, I mean, I am healing in real time. My next podcast will be real time issues going on. And so um, what I would say to those of you out there listening, who love people with not only PTSD, but any sort of um, issues that they that they can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to do life with them. You got to love them like Jesus loved them. And 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 be ready to admit when it's above your pay grade and get help.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Ask for help. Yeah.
0: So what what do you want to see churches do to help support folks that may be struggling with PTSD?
1: Yeah, it's a great, great question. Great question. Um, they need to address it. Yeah. They need to talk about it. Like the the some of the issues we have going on right now. It needs to be talked about from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um it 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 absolutely does. My pastor stood in the pulpit two weeks ago and I about fell off of my chair and I love him. Mm-hmm. He's he is theologically sound, it's a great church as the church, one of the churches that was part of my community. Um, but he he walked up to that that microphone and said, People keep asking me how I'm doing, and I gotta tell y'all, I'm grieving. Mm-hmm. And he went on to list everything that he was grieving. But that kind of transparency and authentic op- op- Authenticity in the church from leadership is huge. Um, we've got to address it from the pulpit. Then we got to then. It, then it's got to trickle down. It's got to trickle down into women's ministries. We got to train people. Um, we got to train people on on child abuse and domestic violence and what to do because the church, Stephanie, is the triage. It mm-hmm. stops the bleeding before we get them the real help. Mm-hmm. And so we need to invest money in training people in the church, not necessarily and to be a licensed mental health counselor, but to identify child abuse, to know what to do right away when a child comes to you, which is what happened with my story. I went to church and told them and had and they did okay. But had they been trained in some very simple things to bring down that immediate trauma, there might've been some, some PTSD that may not have happened. Mm-hmm. So we need to address it in the church. We need to spend money on it in the church. We need to do it in the church. We yeah. need to stop throwing a bible verse at it and 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 calling it a day we need to throw bible verses at it we need to pray we need to do all of those things we need to spend time in our own war rooms mm-hmm. but we have to address it and we have to stop making people feel like that they don't love jesus if they are feeling these things yep. we have to stop that mm-hmm. we have to
0: um yeah i think that's there's so many things that a church, like you, I like that analogy of calling it like a triage. Um, there's, I've worked in various forms of ministry, never full time or anything like that, but, you know, like as a count, camp counselor or youth group leader, and have had people come to me with, you know, some kind of outcry. And um, they, they trained us at the camp I worked at. Okay, here's what you do. You're not going to handle this you reassure them, you give them support and you hand it off. And it didn't take long to train us camp counselors. I mean, we were there. Right. We did a couple days of training and, you know, and that was only a portion of it, but we learned what to do because yeah. certain environments when you feel safe are going to be the places where stuff comes out. So it only right. makes sense that you give a, the bare bones training like people are going to yes. trust you. They're going to give you way too much information here's what you do with it. And, and it doesn't have to make make sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I always, I always tell people, especially women's ministry leaders that come to me, first thing you do is you make sure they're safe. Mm -hmm. um, And then you go from there. So much of this needs to be handed off it. That that's great terminology. Um, And to address it from the pulpit, our church is even doing a whole um, women's night of worship and addressing um, uh, mental issues as a result of the pan uh, of the pandemic., wow. so we got to talk about it from the church. We have mm-hmm. to talk about it. Hearing my pastor say he was grieving made my Jesus even more real to me. Mm.
0: So what do you have coming up on your podcast, and um where can people find it?
1: So people can find it everywhere. Embarrassingly, mm-hmm. um, it, it is uh, the easiest, probably the easiest place to tell you to pick your platform is my website, which is Amy Watson, just like it sounds, A M Y, because my mom was not that cool. Watson, W A T S O N, at uh, excuse me, author. So Amy Watson Author and you can pick your platform. Uh, it is on every streaming service. It is called Wednesdays with Watson. Uh, coming up next, uh, as a matter of fact, I'll be recording this one tomorrow is, um, going to be a difficult one. Um, we are going to end our, um, you matter series and the side effects of post-traumatic stress disorder. As we've talked about some of those things in my own life, the last one was substance abuse. This one is, is, is on a significant eating disorder, Mm -hmm. um, that came only a couple years ago. And that even as of today, I am struggling with. Mm -hmm. And so what it's forced, what it's forced me to do is get into the word and really, really take care of myself. Like I matter to the point, Stephanie, where I have been so under attack after doing that, that I took a, a, a I called it a Sharpie the other day. And somebody mm-hmm. looked at me with their eyes, big a uh, dry erase marker mm-hmm. and wrote on my bath, my bathroom mirror, you matter too. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and so I'll be talking about the very real time struggle with my eating disorder. And then in September we will have the, um, the one pandemic podcast, I will finally have uh, uh, Cheryl Rice, who is a good friend of mine and my pastor's wife, come on and talk about ministering to those with PTSD Uh and then the the finale of this first season. And then I will be taking November and December off because for those of you who listen to podcasts, y'all just need to know that what Stephanie does and what I am attempting to do is exhausting (laughs) and draining. And so I'm going to take a couple months off probably and write um, and uh, hopefully get that manuscript to my agent and see what the Lord does. Yeah. But the podcast will continue, and we'll continue to address PTSD for sure.
0: Oh, that's exciting. I, I, yeah. I mean, I really appreciate your, your brutal honesty. I think that's um, so refreshing because— Well, thank you. Yeah. I think a lot of people share struggles that they dealt with years ago and they're comfortable sharing with that or certain kinds of struggles are okay to share about, but not what I'm going through right now. Right now. Yeah. That seems to be off limits to a lot of Christians that, um, either pastors or speakers in different ways. But I think it's, it's super important for us to hear and to know that, yeah, you don't arrive. It's, it's a journey. So I 100% agree. Yeah. So changing gears, um, just some fun stuff. So what is something that you're not very good at?
1: I am not very good at winning the battle against gravity. I have other gifts. I have other (laughs) gifts, as I say, um, Almost a year ago, I fell in a bathroom, and this is just another Amy Watson day falling. Yeah. Like, I just can't be bothered with paying attention where I'm walking, mm-hmm. and uh, fell and broke my arm. And oh so gravity gosh. is not my, yeah, gravity oh. is not my friend. I'm not very good at gravity. I'm not very good at sports, um, although I love sports, and I am you know, right behind all the other important things in this world. I'm praying that we keep football. Yeah. Um, and I, and I love, and I love music. Mm-hmm. Uh, music is my, but I can't sing. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, um, I'm trying to keep it light. I'm not doing a great job of that during this time. This podcast is really <laughs> important to me. Um, yeah. and so I'm either thinking about it or doing it at the moment, but I am, but, 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 uh, but yeah, trying, trying to, trying to laugh at myself with stuff that I'm not good at, which is a bunch of stuff. As as is true with most of us, <laughs> that list is a long list. That's Stephanie. a long, a really long one. List. Yeah, I mean, we all have a
0: million things we're not good at, right? That there's yeah, always exactly. There's always I can always think of something new, and I figure it out all the time. Sometimes I'm like, right. Oh, another thing to add to my list. So 100. <laughs> what is one career you wish you could have? You know, I'm just I
1: can't believe I'm putting this out there for it to be forever. Don't cut this part because <laughs> I need to go back and listen to it. Um, I have been praying for vocational ministry and um, I had an opportunity. This is a very weird opportunity. Um, I was on Instagram one day and I saw Priscilla Shire live on there. So I was like, mm-hmm. no, let me just click on it. Make a long story short, she prayed for me over wow. this, over, over my book and over my podcast. But I'd like to, I don't care how I pay my bills as long as I can spend a majority of my time in ministry. Mm. Because I remember that 12 year old memorizing that verse and saying to him, Send me. Mm. And so that is what I wish I could do full time is being full time vocational ministry.
0: Yeah. Well, you are definitely in ministry. It's not full time, but this podcast is out there all the time for folks. And I think in some ways that's, that's a really good word. There's some, in some ways, that's that's even more powerful. It's there and it's, on demand <laughs> you know it's ready for yeah that, I,
1: you know that's that's good for me to hear uh, not full-time but all the time that that's because yeah. I, I certainly can't be out there to speak 24 7 365 <laughs> and so Lord. that's that's a good way to that that's a I'm mean, gonna that, that's a nugget I'm putting away thank you
0: yeah well it's truth and I you know I always want to encourage people that are doing stuff that's powerful and that matters so what is something that's changing your life these days
1: Boy, you know, when you asked this question, I was like, yay, I'm so glad she asked this question because, uh, or when you told me you were going to ask this question, um, I have really, over the last couple of years, really gotten into reading Christian fiction. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, so, so you know, I remember Christian fiction as, and th- this is, I love the O mm-hmm. books, but that's how I remembered Christian fiction. And boy, has it evolved over the past several mm. decades. And so um, some people who will never pick up a book, uh, excuse me, a Bible will pick up a book. Well, there is Christian fiction just loaded um, with the gospel and um, the great storytelling that yeah. loaded with the gospel, loaded with a faith thread. And so I'm really digging reading books right now. Um, I have an opportunity, quite a few of them are my friends. And so that's, you know, I'm a little bit biased on that, but, but I love, but I love supporting them. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been nice during the pandemic to have something to take my mind off of it. Um, although it is about to be football season and everybody who follows me on any of my social media will know that I'm watching football. (laughs) I, uh, even in my bio, I have football as (laughs) football is last in the order of things, but, but I'm just a simple girl who loves, you know, Jesus family friends beach and football and football. Um, and yep. so I, I am a huge Jaguars fan I need a prayer mm. um, but uh <laughs> so so that that will bring some light to my my days coming up here pretty soon I love 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 football and mm. so um, but I uh, love hanging out with my friends gonna go to the beach here in a couple weeks um, I live in Florida you would think I would do that all the time but that's not the way it works for yeah. those of you who don't live in Florida <laughs> um, but yeah just really trying to trying my best to keep it light and to be a light, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, and neither of those are easy right now. And, uh, my business is still very much in peril. Um, and so, uh, just, just trying to, trying to just like everybody else on this planet be like, what's next. You know, I saw this yeah. funny thing that said, I'm not buying a 2021 planner until I see the trailer, which I <laughs> just made me laugh. And so I don't even buy, I don't, even, I don't even buy planners, but I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And so I think it's such a lesson for us and and just, day by day and and the mercies that are new every morning and not worrying about the one after that. And so it's been a huge lesson for me. I'm such a serious personality for the most part. I mean, I, I, I can be fun, Mm -hmm. but this pandemic has sent me into mission critical, you know, five-star fires all the time. And Mm -hmm. so that was a good question for me to have to answer because it made me go, what do I do for fun? Um, (laughs) And so, um, but yeah, so just reading a lot and uh, you know, love interacting with, <laughs> waiting for my football that's right and I don't even know how long because it's so the schedule's so messed up I think it's another month or something
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but uh yeah just
0: chilling yeah basically well Amy yeah. thank you so much for taking time out of your evening chatting with us and I I just um, for those that are listening I want to give you one more encouragement to check out Wednesdays with Watson uh, every well every, every other, other week, Wednesday every other Wednesday it's yeah. going to be coming out. And you can find it on amywatsonauthor.com. Author.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Well, thank
1: you for having me. Thank you.
0: I love Amy's boldness in sharing things that most people would try to hide. I know that kind of vulnerability is challenging, but it also helps bring healing, and I really appreciate it. Make sure that you check out her podcast, Wednesdays with Watson. You will not be disappointed. And check out my husband, Phil Baker's newest album, Babylon. It's available on CD Baby, iTunes, or on philsbaker.com. In his podcast, Reclaiming the Faith, he just put out a new series of interviews with Phil Patillo on church discipline. It was really helpful and encouraging. Make sure you check out reclaimingthefaith.podbean.com or Reclaiming the Faith on Apple Podcasts. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please consider leaving me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews are so important in helping others find the podcast so that it can be encouraging to them. Thanks again for listening, and remember to stay faithful, friends.